into our lives. So let's dive deeper into the role that God has called us to be. Relax, grab some tea, and chat with me. Welcome to another episode of the Four Moms Podcast, your favorite moms hangout. I am your host, Allison Nick, and here we talk about all of the highs and lows of life after baby. You will receive your full postpartum advantage that includes mom's tips on faith, mental care, relationships, and more. We are postpartum's advantage. We are here for you, sis, and we understand. Now, let's start the show. Hey, mom friends. Thank you for joining me for another week. I'm your host, Allison Nick, and I'm just really excited. So this episode I actually recorded last week. And if you're following Instagram um, at The Calling FM, then you saw that I went live last week and I recorded this episode. Um, So it's kind of edited because what you see on Instagram, more kind of behind the scenes. I had to stop, start, stop, start. Obviously, in some places, but it was a live recording. Um, I really enjoyed that, actually. I think I might start doing more of those, um, but I really enjoyed that. But you guys, really all talking about how I deal with different bouts of depression, and I'm not going to really explain it because that's what the episode's for. <laughs> but um, like I said, I just really enjoyed it. So um, stay tuned as well. I'm going to be working on some stuff this week and next week coming out um, to really help my uh, my mama tribe, you guys um, dealing with different uh, mental stresses in life and how to really kind of tap in, um, working on developing a framework to kind of come next. So I'm just I'm just really excited about everything. Um, little mommy 411, you guys just keep my family in prayers and I will do y'all the same. Um, it's just some little, it's not COVID. We got Joseph COVID tested. He's negative, but it's just some type of little bug. I'm sure it's like the flu bug. I don't know if this is like flu time. Um, I'm still figuring that out (laughs) in, in like parent world. Like what is, what is flu time? When does that happen? Is that whenever seasons change? But, um, Joseph was out, has been out since last Thursday from school, Gemma has been, well, I just took Gemma out today because she started showing symptoms of what Joe had and, um, they're fine. Like they're energetic, but Jesus, like, you know, they just have this cough and, um, Joe had some, you know, very loose stool and, um, when he vomited at school, which is why we had to go pick him up on our way to our date, guys, Jay and I were about to go have a date at Olive Garden. He really hadn't been out the house, obviously, since his surgery. So we were going to go have a date. And the school called and was like, Joseph threw up. Can you come get him? Jesse. And I was like, ah, <laughs> it's always the kids. <laughs> but no, honestly, um, I hope you guys really enjoy this episode. It's for anybody that 
<clears throat> is battling with depression, um, may go in and out of depression, things that happen. I'm just really just letting you guys into my head and what happens. So hope you enjoy it. Thank you for listening. Um, thank you for coming back. I really appreciate all the support. And yeah, don't forget to subscribe, take a screenshot, share with us that you're listening. We love to interact with our listeners. And um, don't forget to share with a friend and leave a review. All right, let's get to it. Hey, hey, mom friends. So I'm excited because today I'm actually recording this while live on Instagram. So if you guys are following my page at The Calling FM or on 4Moms Podcast, maybe you were able to see it. Um, so I'm really excited about this episode. Little quick updates. If you guys listen to the Catch Up With Me, the bonus episode I did a couple of Sundays ago, you definitely heard about what everything's going on in my personal life. I do just want to give y'all an update. Jay is doing so much better. He's getting around better. I think that first week or so out of surgery is just the hardest. Trying to figure out how your leg moves, how you're supposed to move it around, do all these different sort of things. And so um, this is just, it has definitely gotten better. It's gotten better. So he has gotten better. So I'm really excited to report that. And I actually went to bed before 11 p.m. last night. <laughs> I'm going to bed like 12 and 1, getting up, going to work and doing everything, dealing with the baby. And it's just been hard. But I wanted to report this. I feel like that is just like a, a huge thing. So I'm, I'm excited about it. So getting into our episode for today, how I battle my bouts of depression. This weekend, I was definitely um, in a rut. I could feel myself start going down like the Alice in Wonderland rabbit hole. And I knew that it was a depression episode. I knew that it was starting like that spiral. Like, I mean, y'all know Jersey Shore. Y'all seen it. (laughs) Definitely that spiral episode. And I knew this was the start of it. So depression can be bought on by many different things, many different emotions, emotions like disappointment grief I'm feeling alone for me mine typically come from feeling stuck or a feeling of regret so feeling like I can't change my situation like I'm just gonna be at this one place forever and knowing that not only did I put myself there but I also can't improve from it also and I know that that's a lie but that's something that I battle with or feeling like I could have done something better. So something in the past that may have happened or um, that just happened and I could have planned better. I could have done this better. It could have been better. And that's typically where I start to go down or start my my bouts of depression, start to get into that mindset and that mind shift in that mode. That's what typically happens. Um, So this past Friday, you guys, again, you follow me on Instagram, you'll see my little girl turned three and I had planned ahead to start planning her birthday in advance back in August. Um, I had set up a calendar. Jay and I did these goals. I shared right over here on my whiteboard. Everything was done. And whenever it came to her day, like her actual birthday, I had got off of work. I had to go get the cake. I had to go get the candles. Um, invited her cousins to come over, all these things. I did it at the last moment, and I do not like doing that. I did it at the last moment. We sang her happy birthday. Kids played. It was a Friday night. They played. They, you know, cake, crazy. They did everything. And I felt horrible. I felt horrible because 
I'm I'm used to so I'm used to my son. My son Joseph is very proactive. He will tell you what he wants to do for his next birthday as you are cleaning up the year before. So like at, after the end of his four year old birthday, he already told me what he wanted to do for five. Like that is Joseph. He was doing that at two three years old. So I have Gemma come where I actually have to plan, and I don't want to do stuff that I've done for Joseph because she is a different person. She's a girl. And um, I'm talking to her like, what do you want to do for your birthday? And she's just like, I want a pink house. Well, ma'am, <laughs> where is this pink house coming from? <laughs> like, we're going to plan it like this is a bouncy house. Is this like a playhouse? You know, she want me to get you. And so um, she's just so such the opposite. She doesn't really do too much, say too much. She's just really chill, nonchalant. And I, I, I. I hated it <laughs> because I I didn't know what she wanted. I didn't know how to prepare for her. I didn't know if I did do something if she would actually like it or she'd be like, eh, whatever. Because um, because I had poorly planned. That's just it. I had poorly planned. And then I can't buy her a playhouse. I'm living in somebody else's playroom. I'm living in somebody else's house. That's not going to work. So that's just how I was feeling. So Friday came and gone. Uh, I'm still in my head trying to figure out if I can plan something for the previous Saturday because that's what we do sometimes. We can't get you that weekend, but that next weekend, you know, we can have it happen that way. Um, so Saturday comes and it is JoJo's first T-ball game. And so obviously since it's the first game, Jay actually wanted to come and be there out, um, after his surgery. So at this time, it's been two and a half weeks post-op of his surgery. So he has to ride in the back of his dad's truck so he can be laid out with his leg up. And so he had to ride in the truck. His dad had to drive him. So the kids had to be in my car. And Joseph was having the biggest fit because he wanted to ride with his grandfather, which is understandable, uh, but there's no room. There was no room. And so I kept telling him, we're going to the same place. Like you can literally, I can see your, your dad behind me. I can see your grandfather behind me, like all these things. And he literally cried the whole time to the field, which is a good 10 minutes away from the house. Now, crying triggers me. I don't like to hear crying. And that's just my own thing because, um, you know, stop crying. You're weak. You know, you hear those all those type of things. And um, so I don't like to hear crying. I know from kids it's different. I understand that. Um, but crying, I can't listen to it. I can't. So I have to separate myself until my kids calm down and then come back and talk to them about things. But you can't do that whenever you're in a car. You can't do that whenever you're in a car. It keeps going and they're just crying and yelling. And um, it was working me up, I'm not gonna lie. So by the time we got to the field, um, I, I yelled at him. I snatched him up, I yelled at him and he was upset. And then we have to go, go play your game, go do it. Like we here now, go do what you need to do. And it was not one of my proudest moments. It was one of those things that as soon as I did it, I regretted it. He's going to his t-ball game and in, in between t-ball games, you know, he has to come get water. He has to refresh all that kind of stuff. And I can tell by his behavior that he's mad at me. And this is the first time ever, because typically whenever something happens and you know your your kids are very forgiving and they can come and roll it off the back and you and your mind are are saying I have to do better I have to do better but it feels good knowing that your kids forgive you but he this is the first time and he was mad at me 
and I could tell he was not happy with me. So um, I didn't force anything. I didn't do anything because and the reason I know this is because he's me. <laughs> how he um, how he reacts in certain things, how he does certain things. That's me. And I see it and I know it. So although he's around me, he you know, if I talk to him, he's going to talk back. But he's not paying attention to me. And I know that because I cannot like you. I can be in the same room as you. I can be cordial to you, but you will know that I, that it's, it's, it's a vibe. And so now on top of, I feel like I put on a crappy birthday for my daughter. Now I feel like even more of a horrible mom. And um, those starts just start to flow. I start with the disappointing comments to myself. I start getting that foggy mindset where I'm trying to zone out and remove myself. Essentially, it's a protective layer that you put on trying to act like it doesn't bother you, but it does. It's where you try. It's a defense mechanism. Um, So me growing up, um, although I'm the baby, my brother and I are 19 years apart. So essentially, I grow up as the only child. Um, And whenever you're the only child, you those um, communication, your levels of communication and communicating your thoughts and and up to other people is low. It is. And it's something that I have had to learn as I have gotten older. So, but one of my defense mechanisms is to play it off. You play things off like it doesn't bother you. And in your mind, you start with this, at least for me, you start this foggy mindset to push things back so you don't have to worry about anything. So I start with the disappointing comments, the foggy mindset, And the spiral is starting because um, I I get to my next point of that's kind of the start of my episodes. And it gets to the point to where we finish up the T-ball game. Um, I don't want to go have breakfast when I'm isolating myself. Um, I don't want to go have breakfast with my family and stuff like that. And Jay had to go back to the house anyway because his knee was bothering him. We're outside when his leg wasn't properly propped up, but... It's a game. He's going to be there. He's a dad. And um, so that's my out. I hate it. I take my husband <laughs> back to the house so he can prop up his leg. And um, but essentially that was my isolation as well. And um, at 10 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday, my next series of, of thoughts that I go through is I need to drink. So if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you will know that whenever my daughter was born in 2018, even though I was breastfeeding, I pretty much drank in the first few months of her life. So she was born in September and God didn't tell me to stop drinking until December 31st. And so pretty much she drank, I drank. And um, I was never drunk while breastfeeding. None of those things ever happened. I was a standard drink. She drank like every four hours. So it was clearly out of my system, but it was a form of me dealing with what was happening in my life. Me dealing with um, having a newborn and a toddler for the first time. My husband and I were not communicating well. Um, and essentially, I'm over here drinking. We're not communicating. He's over here drinking. <laughs> and we, even though we're not talking to each other, we're doing the same thing. We're doing the same thing. But that's also something else that I know about myself, that I can get into these bouts and I will turn to alcohol where I don't need to. And it's not the solution. That's not my solution. My solution is these next three things that have really helped me out. 
Um, sorry to finish that up. So in 2019, God told me not to drink for a whole year. I did it. And now I can tell a difference between me wanting a social drink versus me wanting to drink to find a solution. If that uh, makes sense. So the first thing I do is that I communicate. I tell my husband how I'm feeling. Um, I tell him, I feel like a horrible mom because of this. Um, I'm telling myself these, these thoughts and stuff. And so he starts to affirm me because now we've gotten to the point to where he knows that he has to come back and tell me certain things that starts my, um, I guess you could call a healing process, but that starts to get me out of it. Giving me words of affirmation. Um, although I want to isolate myself, he holds me, he gives me a hug. Um, he knows these things. And so that's the first start. The second part is that I, I have a happy list and things that can start to get me out of that as well. And so one of those things is going for a drive, which I have to do because I have to get ice for his leg. He has this fancy machine and spent all this money on <laughs> and it helped. It's like an ice machine and it, um, it has a little pad you put around his knee and it helps to keep it iced and cool, but I had to go get ice for it. So that gives me an out to get out the house to, um, I can't remember if I play music or not. I think I was just quiet. Um, but I have to get out the house. I have to go get him ice. And um, so I can play my music. And I have to go and drop some stuff off where they had breakfast for the kids. Because I'm still a wife. I'm still a mom. It still happens even though I'm going through this. I have to get, let me finish that. And I can focus on me. So that's what I do. I finish that. I go. I get the ice. I think I got gas and um, I drive, I drive for a bit. I clear my thoughts and everything that my husband, husband has said to me. Now I'm saying to myself, um, you know, you're still a good mom. You're a great wife. You have a lot of stuff going on right now. You have a lot of pressure going on right now. And I, um, and you're handling it the best that you can, but could it be better? Yeah but you are handling it the best way that you can and you're getting through it. Right. Um, and then something that I haven't, I don't really do for myself, but shout out to my friend Shantae from the glam kitchen. Um, that is her Instagram handle, by the way, um, from the glam kitchen. She is amazing. And something she does for herself is buy herself flowers. So it's not the solution, right? It's not the solution, but it's something about nature that gets it. So I get myself flowers, go home, cut them up, put them in um, a little vase to kind of bring a little outdoors indoors, right? So the first thing, communicate. Let others know how you are feeling. Um, start putting and then start speaking those words of affirmation back into yourself. Recognize the steps of the spiral, right? Recognize the steps because I know how now I know how this starts and how it can go down to the road. Um, my past episodes, I did, um, my, I think it's like a, my mental breakdown part one and part two, if you want to go back and listen to that. But now I know the steps, I know where it can lead. I know where it can go. So I know with communicating, I know with affirming myself and essentially I have to get myself out of that mode before it gets too far. So I recognize the beginning steps of it because if I stay in it, and I keep going down that road of those disappointing thoughts of if I did drink, um, if I did just try to keep ignoring, ignoring, and pushing it back, I'm not solving the solution. I'm actually just creating a bigger mess. And something that I have had to do, have had to realize is that depression is 
an, an, an attack for me. I look at it. I try to also look at it not only as a mental issue, but a spiritual, um, something spiritual as well that the enemy tries to attack and will try to try to get me in that state of being down on myself and feeling like I'm stuck and like, it's not going to get better and keep myself in that state so that I can't do what God has purposed me to do. So I can't do and, and push forward and give myself that, that oomph to move forward, to do what I need to do. So that's why I constantly have to stay on myself to have inspiration because I'm listening to it, reading it, working on myself, going to therapy, staying in my Bible. I know these things and I know we're human. I haven't probably opened up my Bible or my devotional in probably about a week or two since I since I started back working. So I've been trying to get into that cycle. But whenever I get in the car, I'm listening to sermons. But I um, was on Audible and I just finished listening to Rick Ross's um, How to Build an Empire. And while he had some stuff in there, it was more encouraging to listen to somebody else's story and how they do things um, to say, I can do it too. And so that's why I have to do some of the things. It's not because it's cute for social media. It's not because it's, um, you know, these all these things that people try to do, make them look cute or whatever. No, it's because I've actually been through to a point where I, I, I've, and I've, and I've noticed this throughout my life that I've had this since a teenager of where you have suicidal thoughts of where you don't want to be around people of where, um, you say to yourself, like, is it just better just for me to be alone and not have nothing? Like, is that better versus me actually trying to strive and push and go for what God actually wants for me? You know, and um, something that I have just been a, a verse that keeps popping up in my head lately is Second Timothy one and seven, that God did not give us the spirit of. Um, oh, goodness. What is that? He he gave us. um of fear and so he gave us of love and a sound mind and a sound mind sticks with me because I have to work on that that's something that I personally have to work on that may not be your testimony or something that you have to go through or you have to work through but that is for me and that's something I have to work on and I know it I know the enemy tries to get me through my mind I know the enemy tries to take me down that way and um, from reading Yvonne Orgy's book on an affirmation that I have on my phones. Every time I plug in my phone, it says that it says that um, I am genetically disposed to foil the enemy's plan. The enemy tries to get me to do, tries to get me into these ways or tries to affect me and come at me so that I will not succeed. The enemy tries that, tries, but it's not going to succeed. And so these, these are some things that I hope can help you. And maybe if you are going through depression, maybe if you've been down that road before and you're like, how do I not go down that road? This is that episode. Um, Communicate, recognize those steps, recognize what can lead you down further so you don't do that. And then do your, the best thing you can do to get out of that mindset. So yeah, I got myself some flowers. Yeah. I took me a nap afterwards, but what I did do is that, um, and actually, it was probably more of God because I just invited one of my cousins just to come over. But they actually ended up bringing their whole entire family. So I got to be around all of my cousins, hanging out with them, 
laughing, having a great time. I didn't end up having like a social drink by then. By then I was out of the fogginess mindset and such of that nature. <laughs> so by that time, the emotions that would that would have been propelled were not of disappointment, but of laughter and fun and happiness. And um, because that's what alcohol does. It enhances your emotions. I just wanted to say that. So it's really a depressant, but I feel like it enhances your emotions as well. Whatever. But um, I'm not going to lie to y'all. Okay. I'm not going to sit up here and be like, I didn't do, I'm not going to lie to y'all. But um, it ended up being a great night. It ended on a great day. And um, yeah, it ended up being something really good. Um, and I've also had to learn that me not getting sleep can also lead to a lot of these things. And um, because whenever you don't sleep, you know, you have to push even harder to get things done throughout your day. So I really um, that's why I was really happy that I got to bed before 11, because I really learned that I have had to um, really get my sleep like for real. like I really had to get my sleep in regards to um, how I want to operate throughout the day. So I'm going to do a better job of being more conscious about that. And I wasn't able to get no naps, y'all. Typically, I can come home and you can kind of chill. But whenever you work and then I drive home and I get home, I got to deal with the kids. There ain't no nap in there. It's no nap. But um, <laughs> anywho, um, I hope that this episode helped you. I hope maybe if you can send this to someone that it can help them. Because this is not me trying to, you know, come at you or anything. I'm just telling my story. And I'm just telling you um, things that I have been through and that I have experienced so that if there is someone out there that has gone through the same things or similar things to let them know that you are not alone, that someone has gone through it with you and I am here with you. Um, but please join us over on Instagram, The Calling FM, um, and just see what's to come because from my past experiences, God is, I, I know God is going to take me to a point to where I can really help more moms than just on this podcast and just through my voice. Um, but yeah, I hope you guys have a good one. Stay tuned for our episode next week and I will talk to you guys later. Bye.